Chapter 12, Brain Energy, Dr. Chris Palmer. Um, we are moving through. Did you ever look up what a contributing cause, what he defined it as? I did not. I don't remember either. We should probably update that. That's pretty self-evident, right? Contributing cause. I mean, it's something that causes mitochondria to not do its thing. Spot on summary there. There you go, Capitan. Yeah. So chapter 12, hormones and metabolic regulators. Um, this is, It's starting to get into the way I like to receive information. Bam, 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 bam. Done. Right. Um, it's little got, a little bit of a rehash again on hormones. Sure. You know, sure. Um, you know, he talks about the majors here, cortisol, uh, insulin, uh, what are the, what yeah, are, thyroid and thyroid, estrogen. Uh, he actually comments. He's like, I could do a whole book in and of itself on all the hormones. And he specifically wanted to focus on those four. Um, and, uh, Basically, how they're either driven by or contribute to or cross paths with mitochondria metabolism and mitochondria. It's pretty important. Right. Uh, pretty pretty interesting. Um, let's start with cortisol. Yeah. So I mean, its main thing is it drives stress response, right? Yeah, we've looked at cortisol in a lot of different areas before, right? We've looked at it as you know it's horrible for weight gain, for cancer, for tons of things. Cortisol contributes to obviously mental illness is one of those. Right. Right. Um, yeah, because it's what anxiety, fear, depression. Um, it contributes to all of those. Um, he actually, I don't know a ton about cortisol, but he did. He actually, where was it? I didn't highlight it. Um, about him actually being too low or too high. Oh, some people have high levels throughout the day, while others, especially those with some severe trauma histories, can have abnormally low levels. Hmm. Um, and he says, however, my purpose is simply to illustrate that cortisol is a hormone that directly connects metabolism and mitochondria with both metabolic and mental disorders. That much is clear and unequivocal, he says. Yeah. Uh, he starts by saying cortisol always begins in the mitochondria, which is like, wow, these two are really connected. Yeah. So, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, the other, next one that he talked about was insulin. You had a long history of insulin and understanding of it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Mitochondria are known to play a significant role in both type one and two diabetes with some experts speculating that mitochondrial dysfunction may be the primary cause of diabetes. <laughs> Which, uh, so if you don't know, Hand grenade. I've got a 19 year old kid diagnosed two years old um as type one and the difference being type two is i call it environmental it's generally you've been beating your pancreas up for a series of years um with an improper diet etc um type one is just the failure of the pancreas so tying that back to mitochondrial dysfunction in a two-year-old, it's kind of hurting my head a little bit. You know, it's definitely, I just thought he drew a crappy deck of cards for his pancreas. Maybe he didn't. And, right. Um, and I'm definitely going to look a little further into, into that. Um, I found it really interesting as well that insulin, um, so insulin is made by the pancreas, right? Um, it helps you basically unlock energy in the bloodstream. That's why diabetics have 
high blood sugar because they're not able to unlock that energy out of the bloodstream, right? Makes sense. Um, but uh, they've used it, they, or they think that Alzheimer's disease is highly connected and even are calling it type 3 diabetes. That's pretty amazing, right? I, yeah, it, when he, what I highlighted here was we know that insulin resistance can occur in the brain. That was just, okay. Yesterday, I think he was talking about how like 90% of serotonin was in the gut. Right. And now we have insulin resist, resistance in the brain. In the brain. If you don't think your stomach is connected to your brain and mental illness, we got a problem. Yeah, because was it um, uh, w- uh, the great cholesterol myth where they talked about delivering th- to the muscles and the muscles go, no, I don't want it. Right. And that's insulin resistance. Well, this is tying it less specifically to muscles I was, and more to the brain. Yeah. I was like, so gut health equals, you know, probably we'll get into that, but gut health, I'm guessing, and mental health go hand in hand. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to do a little more homework into the insulin side of it, obviously, for personal reasons. But um, but next was estrogen. Um, what did he call it? Um, the title of the science review says it all. A master regulator of bioenergetic systems in the brain and body. Sounds important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> uh, mitochondria makes estrogen, again. Connecting those dots, uh, that was pretty pretty interesting. Um, but he goes starts to talk about estrogen in several other areas, like PMS, pre premenstrual syndrome, yeah. right? Uh, premenstrual disorders, right? So, you know, the ebb and flow of estrogen in the body leads to behavioral changes. I mean, you talk about your thirteen year old daughter, right? Like, whoa, what what happened? Was the animal that came out there? I've never said that about my daughter in public. In public. (laughs) But, you know, that makes sense now. All right. Well, I wonder if mitochondria is having an effect on estrogen, which is having an effect on mood regulation. Right. Right. But then he goes in to talk about pregnancy, uh, postpartum depression, and menopause, all which are regulated by estrogen, which is regulated by... Mitochondria. Mitochondria. I was like, wow, those are like four dots that he put together that you just, you know, you have change in depression when you go in through menopause. You have different types of eating habits when you go through menopause. You have mood consequences with PMS. Uh, Postpartum depression is a real thing. I mean, it's a real thing. Sure. So these changes in estrogen are causing... Changes in mental stability. Yeah. And I guess, you know, you talked about child rearing. I imagine the levels have got to be through the roof while you're pregnant. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And gotcha. then transferring into the menopause where, you know, I think it, it, it starts to go down. Um, you know, my wife, she, she went and got tested. She turned out fine. But, um, but it was, at her age, at our age, I should say, it's just one of those things that she's like really starting to watch. Like, because when it does start to, she wants to be in front of that with supplementation and, you know, potentially proper diet. He, he talked about one other thing before we go on. He talked about estrogen as a treatment. 
And I never really looked at birth control. Obviously, I'm not a female, but birth control as estrogen regulation, which is what it is, right? But he looked at the consequences of birth control pills. Uh, One study looked at more than 1 million women between the ages of 15 and 34 taking birth control pills and found that they were somewhat more likely to experience depression or use antidepressant or, or use an antidepressant compared to women not on the pills. Another study looked at half a million 15-year-old women and found those who were taking birth control were twice as likely to attempt suicide and three times more likely to commit suicide. Yeah. So artificially regulating that estrogen can have some consequences. Dude, I don't know why you would ever suppress hormones. I mean, I understand the end result of... Yeah, but not pregnancy isn't just the one area. There's a lot of females out there that do it because their their period is so heavy and so hard. The cycle, right. It's, they, they go through this. So you're trying to regulate that thing, but is there a, is there another way? Right. Right. You know, I guess we'll... I don't know. We'll get out there yet. We'll get to that. Uh, the last one, thyroid hormone, uh, he calls it the master regulator of the metabolism. Um, what is clear is unequivocal are its effects on mitochondria. Thi- thyroid hormone either directly or indirectly stimulates mitochondria or to produce ATP or heat. So, you know, you hear about people with thyroid problems, hyperthyroidism. Um, these are real issues and... Uh, he basically, you know, sums it up uh, by saying, you know, hormones and other metabolic regulators play a powerful role in metabolic and mental health. Uh, if you have signs or symptoms of hormone imbalance, basically go see your physician. Uh, look for chronic mental or metabolic symptoms with no clear explanation. And then you can maybe tie it back to hormones. Um, and then it's important that you take an inventory of any of your hormone treatments. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was... This is a pretty good chapter. I, yeah. I thought it was like he tied hormones in a lot better than he did earlier on in the book. Yeah, and just as a caution um, from other learning Kevin and I have done, he doesn't get into it here and he shouldn't because it, that's not what this book is about. But if you are having your thyroid checked, there's a litany. Most doctors only check. I forget. The, yeah. Yeah, there's... there's uh, there, the, Most the, doctors only check one thing, but there's like the... T3 free and the T4 free and the do your homework. Make sure you're getting a proper thyroid panel. Good, good shout. Good shout. Uh, Because like Scott said, most, most, most physicians won't order the whole thing. Um, He has a success story at the end. Uh, He basically had a 50, 54 year old man, James, uh, that he, uh, you know, was having bipolar disorder, recurring depression all the time. I thought it was interesting about the recurring of the depression. It actually happened during the winter season. Right. Versus spring. And that leads to what we talked about yesterday, possible vitamin D. Uh, Just getting well. outside, period. Yeah. But he's he had hypothyroidism, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, sleep apnea. Um, basically, the doctor did some thyroid uh, replacement therapy, got his thyroid back up, uh, and now... Um, he doesn't experience the depression and everything else that he was experiencing. He had severe depression, from what I gather. Yeah. Um, continues to sleep. The doctor, the th- uh, re- I think thyroid replacement therapy all by itself has its side effects that you have to be careful with. Right. So once he he started fixing the uh, 
It's what medicine's supposed to do, right? Fix the immediate problem, then started. Then he started lowering the thyroid dose, I think, over time, and he maintained his maintained his meth- mental health. Yeah, and it, another shout on thyroid. Um, if you do get the proper testing and you really are low, um, try to find a doctor that will prescribe natural replacements. And not the synthetics. That's right. We I remember we did a snack cast on yeah. that or talked about it a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's another big shout. Um, so, I mean, you know, it feels like we're getting back to some other things. Vitamin D, exercise, diet, you know. I want to get to the I want to get to the end. Though, but... let's, not, let's not jump to it. <laughs> All right. So, next will be chapter 13, inflammation. Um, we'll check it out. We'll give you a summary when we're ready. Um, Questions, comments, concerns, hit us at snackcast at yes.fit. Stay moving. See ya.